0: Good morning, this is Ed of Ed's Bookshelf. This morning we're going to start a new trend. We're going to be reading from one of my books. It's entitled The Roses. An Unfailing Love. It's a beautiful story about an older couple whose love for each other is something that most people could emulate today. Today will be part one of this beautiful story. If you want this book, you can get it from more publishing Com. Let's begin. The Roses and Unfailing Love Part One. They loved each other. They were both in their 80s. She was 84, and her husband was 85. Both had come from the South many years ago. Their families had both left the South to escape hard work, low pay, and the climate. Although the South's weather and the climate is one of the best there is, it was the other climate that for them was both unbearable and filled with horror. Being albinos in the South was akin to being Negro in the perspective of most white Southerners. Miss Rose's family, as did Mr. Rose's, were caught in the brunt of the hatred in the small farming towns in which they lived. There were many nights when both families would have to hide from the white riders who sought to terrorize them for being only albino, and therefore being different. They were considered anomalies, freaks of nature, miscreants. Some said they were cursed by God just like the Negroes, who everybody knew were cursed to be the slaves of the white race. Miss Rose's father had found the courage to move to St. Louis, Missouri in the late 20s. The regular routine was the moving from small apartments to living anywhere they could on occasions, sometimes hurtling together in a bus station at night. Then in the apartment in the courtyard, How he found the apartment had happened by accident while he was at his job one morning. His job was to shine shoes, carry out trash, and any other host of menial tasks that he was asked to perform. The job provided his family of two daughters and a wife with food and shelter. While shining a customer's shoe one day, he overheard a conversation being freely discussed between his customer and another fellow waiting his turn, as if the shoe shiner wasn't there nor even existed. His customer was telling the other guy that they found one of them albino creatures the night before behind the trash dump where they lived. Ms. Rose's father had been listening intently. Any information he could gain might help him find this place that had been denigrated by these two men. Then their conversation had changed to sports and left him hurt and angry. He finished the shoes and waited for the payment to be given. Nice job, boy, the customer said proudly as if he had done the job himself, and tossed Miss Rose's father a 50-cent coin. The coin hit the ground and started rolling. Miss Rose's father darted after it, retrieved the coin from the ground, and whispered, Thank you, sir. That evening, he found Stan, a co-worker of his, who was about to leave for home. Stan, he asked, Do you know if, he halted, ashamed of what he was about to ask, but knowing this wasn't about him only now, but his family. Do you know where there is a place for people like me to live at? His voice trailed off slowly. Stan looked at him quietly. Same place like me live, fool, on the wrong side of the tracks, he laughed out loud. Stan paused. Yeah, man, on the 18th Street, near Singleton, on the south side. I heard there's a small apartment complex full of you all. As Stan started to leave, he turned to Miss Rose's father and said, You people catch it too, huh? No one lives in that complex but, well, your people. Some folks call that place the leprosy apartments. Man, I'm sorry. See you tomorrow at work, he said with an irony of passion in his voice. Miss Rose's father finally found his family a secure place to live. Miss Rose also had a sister named Lisa. Lisa was the favorite pastime of Miss Rose. They loved each other dearly as only sisters could, who had so much in common with each other. They would spend hours mm-hmm. telling each other stories of what their lives would be like one day. Both would marry, live next door to each other, have the same number of children, and so it went for both of them. They were inseparable. Then tragedy happened one warm Sunday morning. Lisa had gotten a fever. The fever would not leave her body. It continued to rise despite all their efforts to control it. Miss Rose sat at her sister's bedside day and night. I won't go nowhere, Lisa. I won't go nowhere, she told her beloved sister constantly. Lisa's father and mother tried all they could, but it was Mrs. Rose who really cared for her sister with the tenacity of a wild animal for its young. On the following Tuesday, Lisa died. The doctor said she had contracted something called Spinal meningitis. There was nothing anyone could do to cure it. At the small funeral held at the apartment, Miss Rose's father tried to pry the body of Lisa out of Miss Rose's arms, but she refused to part with her sister in death as she had in life. So much so that it was after Lisa's death. As Miss Rose started to care for strange animals, it had started gradually. When her parents objected to different animals in the apartment, Miss Rose would scream, They need me! They need me! Her parents soon saw the need for Mrs. Rose also, so they gave in to her desire. Any animal needing care, regardless of its injury, Miss Rose would take it in. She would nurse them back to health and then release them to their freedom. It was the freedom that was so needful for her to see them enjoy. In their freedom, she would think of Lisa. If an animal died, she would take it out in the back of the complex to a designated piece of ground she had discovered. She held a small funeral for it. She would then dig the grave with her own hand, and she permitted no one else to help her. It was as if this was her task in life, to care for anything that was hurt or injured. It was, as some said, a gift. The end of part one.